Hello, and welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World several times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week's show is all about the Epcot festival scene, so let's dive in. again everyone to episode 26. So Epcot is the park that captured my imagination on my first trip to Walt Disney World back in 1986. I was seven years old and it's still my favorite park today. So the park has changed a lot over these last 30 plus years and some of the changes I still haven't gotten over. For example, I cannot ride the current version of Journey into Imagination because I'm still mourning the loss of the Dreamfinder version. But some of the changes at the park are positive and one of those is the festival scene at Epcot. So it started with the first Flower and Garden Festival back in 1994 and then the year after that added the International Food and Wine Festival. Now we're up to four festivals at Epcot that run most of the year. The summer is the big time where there are no festivals. So in this episode, I'm going to share what you should expect to find at each festival and how to get the most out of your experience at Epcot if you're there during a festival. So here's the number one most important thing about the festivals. They're included with Epcot admission. So being the cheapskate that I am, I love that I'm not paying extra for all of this bonus festivities at the park. So, I mean, they're not free. You're paying a pretty penny to get into the park, right? But they can add so much to your experience at Epcot without costing you anything extra. In fact, I'm hard pressed to visit Epcot when there isn't a festival going on now because it seems like I'm not getting enough for my park admission. I'm so used to the festivals. So the key elements that you'll find at all four festivals are sample sized food, musical performances, and then special events going on throughout the park. So I've been able to visit each of the festivals in the past year or two, and I love each one for a different reason. If you want to see pictures from each of these festivals, I do have a new post up on the blog that is also about the Epcot festivals. So you can head over to thebudgetmouse.com and I will also put a link in the show notes directly to that post with pictures from all of the festivals and detailed descriptions. I'm going to start with the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays because it's the festival that is currently going on at Epcot. And so while it's technically Epcot's newest festival, I think it debuted last year in 2017, many elements of the festival have been around for years as part of Epcot's Holidays Around the World celebration. They kind of repackaged it, added the food booths, and introduced it as the Festival of the Holidays. This year began on November 18th and runs into the end of the year. So each night at Festival of the big pole at Festival of the Holidays is the Candlelight Processional. So this happens each night from Thanksgiving Day to December 30th, and it's three nightly performances of what is basically the Christmas story, including a massive choir, a live orchestra, and a celebrity narrator who reads passages 
from the biblical Christmas story. Now the show is tremendously popular and for good reason, it is amazing. I saw it last year. Many people who wait in line will be turned away due to limited seating at the fest at the show. So it is free, it's included with park admission, but there is seating, limited seating in the American Gardens Theater that's at the back of World Showcase. So the best way to see the candlelight processional is really to book a dining package that includes guaranteed preferred seating to the concert. And I'm gonna put a link in the show notes to a post I did that's all about the dining packages and my recommendations for the best ones to get, especially on a budget. Now, it is expensive. It is a special treat. It's a special occasion, dinner, and going to see the show. But for many people, it is their favorite thing at Epcot all year. And if you are a Christmas lover, I think you will get a lot out of it. I think the value is there, especially if Christmas is your jam. So due to the popularity of Food and Wine Festival, it seems that food booths are a permanent feature at all of the Epcot festivals. So Festival of the Holidays features traditional holiday fare from around the world at the food booths, which they've re named the Holiday Kitchens. So the food I tried last year was outstanding and included a mini turkey dinner for $5.25. And it was a ton of food, especially for that amount. That was at the American Adventure food booth. Um, and then the, I don't know how to say it. It's a bouche de Noel. I am probably butchering that. It's like a roll dessert and it's incredible. It's at the Canada food booth. I put a picture of it on the Budget Mouse Instagram page. So <laughs> to get a visual, you'll have to go there because I'm struggling to explain it. You'll find sample sized portions of holiday food all around World Showcase. And I don't know how many booths there are this year, but I'd expect it's over 15 booths. And the prices for the items are pretty reasonable. They're, you know, generally in the like three to eight dollar range. So another feature of Festival of the Holidays are holiday storytellers around World Showcase that share traditions from their country with guests throughout the day. So when you get to the park, you can grab a schedule of when you can find each storyteller and where they're located in the times guide. And can pick that up anywhere around the park. Um, you can meet Mr. and Mrs. Claus in the American Adventure Pavilion as well. And when I was there, it was a really short wait to meet Santa and Mrs. Claus. So it might be a good option, you know, as a good alternative to going to the mall to meet them or wherever you're going to get your picture taken with them. And it's also free, you know, malls charge to get the pictures, but th this would be included with PhotoPass if you have it. So there's also live music festivals throughout the park during the holiday season. And the last thing I have to mention is the incredible special ending to Illuminations that takes place. So Illuminations is the nighttime show at Epcot and it's called the holiday tag ending. It's an extra few minutes of these just jaw dropping fireworks that I already love illuminations, but it, it is makes it even better. And I have to say my husband saw that version first and now he's forever disappointed with the regular non-holiday version of illuminations. So it's really great. It don't skip the show. I'm going to move on to the next festival, which is the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. So this takes place during January and February, and it is a relatively new festival as well. I believe this coming year is going to be its third or maybe fourth year. So it celebrates the visual performing and culinary arts. And this year coming up in 2019, it's going to take place from January 18th through February 22nd, which is about sorry, February 25th, which is about six weeks long. So you'll find art-inspired cuisine at food booths around the park, visual art exhibits, seminars, some are paid and some are free, and live entertainment all day throughout the parks, gallery tents featuring Disney art for sale, and the Broadway concert series, which this year 
2019 is going to run every night of the festival. In the past, it had only run Friday through Monday nights. So last February, in the bleak and dreary month of February, I visited Epcot Festival of Arts, and I was blown away by the energy of the festival. So it was so colorful and just alive. The park just seemed to come alive with art. The food was gorgeous. So I used some of my snack credits from the Disney dining plan to get inspired food at the booths. And the pork tacos that I had were probably my favorite item, though they're not the most aesthetic. Um, I also had this crazy colored layer cake, which you may have seen in pictures from the festival. And I mean, it was a little bit gross with all the food coloring, but beautiful nonetheless. So the food items that I sampled were good, but they weren't even close to as good as what I would expect at food and wine. So don't go in expecting the kind of the quality of food and wine festival, but they were excellent value on the dining plan. Several items were close to $10 that I could get with a snack credit. So if you have the dining plan and you're visiting in those months, save those snack credits for the festival. The visual art displays around the park were another highlight for me, and some of them were interactive. So you could actually step into some mock-ups of uh, classic art masterpieces, like The Scream was one of them, and I was... (laughs) very brave and put the picture of me in the screen photo over on the blog. So you can head over there and and laugh at me. Um, But they were really fun. And I also attended a free seminar about the Community Art Foundation in Central Florida. And it was good, but I definitely wouldn't make it a priority of my visit to the festival. My favorite part of the festival was definitely the Disney on Broadway concert that I attended. So I lined up about 45 minutes before the show and got a second row seat to a Broadway caliber performance by Josh Strickland. He was the original Tarzan on the on Broadway and Ashley Brown, who was the original Mary Poppins on Broadway. And seriously, a ticket to see these two would cost hundreds of dollars in New York. And I got to see them for free with my park ticket. So I'm thrilled that they extended the concerts to every night of the festival. So do make it a point to stick around for one of those. And it was nothing like Candlelight Processional or the Eat to the Beat concerts at Food and Wine Festival, which I'm going to mention in a minute. Um, you were I was able to line up not that far in advance and get a great seat. In fact, I think there were seats available in the back at the beginning of the concert as well. So, you know, January and February are generally a less t- crowded time of year at the parks, but do watch out for President's Day crowds, which can be surprisingly big. Moving on to the third festival, the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival is the longest festival, and it runs generally from the end of February through now the end of May. So Epcot's always a treat for the senses, but the park explodes with color and beauty during a Flower and Garden Festival. Last year, there were over 100 topiaries around the park, including the new face feature princess topiaries that look more realistic every year. And in 2018, there were 15 outdoor kitchens, which are, again, the repurposed food and wine festival booths that served up small portions of food and drink. People seem to either love or hate the frushi which is fruit sushi that's at the Japan booth. And another popular item at the festival is the Violet Lemonade, Instagram-worthy slushy, non-alcoholic slushy. And I enjoyed almost everything that I tried at the booths when I went. I mean, the food is especially fresh and inspired. I think this festival is the most kid-friendly, so they have several outdoor playgrounds that are set up just for this festival, and two scavenger hunts that are geared towards kids at the festival. And kids also will love the perennial favorite, the Butterfly House, that's set up in Future World, kind of along the walkway that leads to Canada. 
The concert series is called Garden Rocks, and they take place at 5.30, 6.45, and 8 p.m. I believe last year they were only Friday through Monday, but I do expect that they will be extended to every day during the week, just like they were for Festival of the Arts. They feature bands and artists that had hits in the 80s and 90s or earlier, and some of, uh, some of them are repeat performances from Food and Wine Festival. And I haven't personally been to one of these concerts, but I imagine they vary depending on who is performing, and I bet overall they're very, very fun. Dining packages are also available that include guaranteed seating, though I don't think on most nights that you will need it, except during spring break. So this does fall during spring break with massive crowds. If you're visiting then and you really want to see the artist who's performing at the Garden Rocks concert, I would suggest getting a dining packages. So you'll also find special seminars on gardening and growing your own food, as well as special festival merchandise around the park. And to me, the highlight of this festival are are actually the flowers and the topiaries that are spread all around the parks. They are really fun. So I'm going to move on to the biggest, most popular festival of the year at Epcot, and that is the Food and Wine Festival. Some people would say that fall is the most wonderful time of the year at Disney World, thanks to this event. Food and Wine takes place from now late summer, the end of uh, August to beginning of September, through the middle of November every year. And it began with about a dozen booths serving up sample-sized portions of food and beverage back in 1995. There are now over 35 booths all around World Showcase and Future World, and the festival grows in size and scope every year. So weekend crowds and unfortunately some drunkenness are the first thing to expect at food and wine locals flock to the festival so i really suggest avoiding epcot on friday through sunday this time of year especially if you're going with kids i mean you don't really want to see like college students falling all over themselves on your family vacation right so next expect the food to be outstanding i'm rarely disappointed with anything i try at the festival and every year there are both returning favorites and new items at the festival so even if you've been in the past expect that about 50 percent of what's offered every year will be new Beverage offerings have expanded to now include beer, spirits, mixed drinks, in addition to wine. So the Disney Food Blog is really the most exhaustive resource for research and planning for the festival, and I strongly suggest making at least a short list of things you really want to try before you go, because otherwise you're going to get overwhelmed quickly with all of the options. Also, expect to wait in line at the more popular booths, particularly in the evening time. If you hit up the booths right when they open at 11 a.m. You're not going to wait for any of them, but later in the afternoon into the evening, expect to wait. If you want lots of details about Food and Wine Festival, be sure to check out episode 22, which is about how to save money and eat the best stuff at Food and Wine Festival. So another part of the festival are the three Eat to the Beat concerts that are in the American Garden Amphitheater every night at 5.30, 6.45, and 8. And as I've already mentioned, they are very popular. Most people over age 30 will recognize the, the people in the concerts. I saw Starship with Mickey Thomas recently, and it was such an awesome show. There are packages available every year that include guaranteed seats to the show and meal at one of the table service restaurants. They are a good way to go if there's an act that you really want to see and you don't want to spend one to two hours waiting for seats because people do line up that early, especially for the more popular concerts. Another aspect that I love of Food and Wine Festival are the low-cost seminars and demonstrations that take place every day during the festival in the Festival Center, which is located in the Old Wonders of Life Pavilion in Future World. You can just pick up a park map and it will point you to the Festival Center. So they are a great way to kind of plus your experience, especially if you've been to the festival before 
before, and they are pretty affordable, under $20 for the seminars. Now, sometimes they will even offer free events, and that changes every year. This year, they offered a free candy sushi seminar that was sponsored by, I think, Skittles, and um, I was able to get a ticket for that. Even though it was free, you had to make a reservation, and it was so much fun. The pictures are great. Um, the like Rice crispy treat rolls with the candy or the gummy fish on top they're hysterical so it there's a there's a lot of fun to be had at food and wine without spending a lot more money and i know i mentioned using snack credits from the dining plan at festival of the arts but you can actually use snack credits at any of the festivals to buy items from the food booths and i recommend using snack credits for items generally over five dollars which there are now many of them. I estimate a snack credit is worth about $5. So if an item is less than some of the smaller dishes are, I would pay for them out of pocket unless you have a ton of snack credits to burn. So as you can tell, the festival scene at Epcot is alive and thriving. It's almost like Epcot has become a park of festivals. So each one is unique and has something different to offer. And I think which one you'll enjoy most will depend on your own tastes and interest in I personally love them all and can't wait to head back to Epcot for my next festival visit. So I want to thank you so much for listening today. And you may not know that you can support the podcast on Patreon with small monthly donations starting at $2. And you will get access to special content that is just for patrons on my Patreon page, as well as all the warm fuzzies that come along with supporting a Disney content creator. You can find out more at patreon.com slash thebudgetmouse. If you ever have any questions for me, you can email me directly at leah, L-E-A-H, at thebudgetmouse.com, and I will get right back to you. That comes right to my inbox. You can find me at thebudgetmouse and thefrugalsouth.com, and I'm on Instagram as thebudgetmouse, and I have a private Facebook group that is just for readers and listeners of The Budget Mouse. Just search for The Budget Mouse on Facebook and ask to join, and I will add you. So thanks again for listening, everyone, and have a magical day.